0: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.
1: This is A's Cast Live.
0: Your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics.
2: Drive to deep center field. Going back Hernandez at the track. Right to the wall. Gone! Elvis
0: Andrews! And 29 other MLB clubs. High drive, deep dive. Here's Chris Townsend. What a wild season this has been. I'm just looking at the notes right now. Entering the morning of August 16th, the A's held the second wild card with a two and a half game lead over the New York Yankees. But then the A's went on to lose ten of their next twelve and lose their position. And now they've won four of their last five. It has been a a crazy year of just streaks. 19 of the A's remaining 28 games come against teams who have a winning record. You got six against Houston. You got Toronto for the next three. It's going to be really interesting and how the A's perform going forward, can they climb that mountain and get back into the thing and get into the playoffs for the fourth straight year? They have been interesting to watch. I think there is no question about it. On today's program, you're going to love today. Joe Rudy is going to join us. A three-time World Series champion, and we get into the story which is one of the most interesting stories that you can talk about in in that time of A's baseball where he and Raleigh Fingers get traded to the Boston Red Sox, but they don't end up playing for the Boston Red Sox. At that time, Boston was in the Bay Area. He and Raleigh Fingers would actually walk over to the other dugout but never played for the Boston Red Sox. Commander Cody, when you heard him talk about that earlier today, because obviously we taped it, wasn't that just fascinating to hear Like at that time what was going on? Because we can't even imagine what that would be like in Major League Baseball in 2021.
2: Well, I think if you explain it to the audience today, they may, and if you've seen Moneyball, they probably think of Ricardo Rincon walking from the Indians clubhouse into the Ace clubhouse. But that's not what happened with Joe Rudy and Raleigh. They they, they they walked over and they couldn't play, and then they didn't play after that. So it was a great story to hear from Joe. Two weeks. Yeah. They sat out for two weeks, and then as Joe goes on to tell the story, you'll hear what happened after that. Uh, it's just remarkable that you had the, one of the greatest relievers slash pitchers of all time not playing and pitching, and Joe Rudy one of the best defensive outfielders not playing for Charlie Finley's team. It's just remarkable how baseball has run back in the seventies opposed to what it's like now. Just crazy. But but also it
0: it goes to the craziness of professional sports. That's been Oakland, California, like Oakland teams. If you go back to the the history of the Raiders, uh, you look at the Warriors you have literally some of the craziest stories in the history of their sports happened in this town. It's unbelievable. I mean, you go back with some of the Raiders stories. Oh my god. And but there, but but surrounding the dysfunction is greatness. And thinking about the history of what Joe Rudy and his teammates were able to accomplish. You know, it's only the A's and the Yankees have won 3 straight World Series or more at one given point. There's only two organizations in the history of the game that have done it, which makes it pretty incredible.
2: I I Cody I cannot load. My computer is not
0: Who who else do we have on the
2: program today? Uh David Force is going to be calling us in like 10 minutes. So the age general manager will be here at 215 and then Joe Rudy will play at 230. Uh we were supposed to have Marcus Simeon, but that fell through. Um and that was like an eleventh hour kind of thing. Um, but he's having a great year uh for the Jays. So it'll be nice to see Marcus. Well not nice to see Marcus play, but he's having a good year for the Jays. Uh along with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. who's also having a great year for the Jays.
0: Well, and and I'll say this for Marcus, you know we love him to death. What 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 a great A he was, what what a good egg he is, and there is no question we are rooting for him. I I, I don't know where it will be, but I'm hoping someone does give him a long term contract. I, I I'm hoping he gets that security for his family. He no question has earned that once again and I, I I just think of what just I mean what just a great guy that he is and what he what what he means for your clubhouse that hopefully at some point we're gonna see him, you know who knows, maybe it is back in Oakland. but just to see him land a permanent role, with a certain team, because obviously it has not been easy to be a Toronto Blue Jay. He signs a one-year deal. They're playing at their spring training facility, which is a minor league ballpark. Then they got to go to Salem Field, their AAA ballpark in Buffalo, which we know is not a great location. And just finally, they are back to playing in Toronto truly one of the great cities in Major League Baseball. But Toronto has had issues with with getting shots and vaccinations. And uh, as we know, Cody, going into this thing, the great Mickey Morabito told us how hard it was just to get the team into play in this series. And we know that unvaccinated players will not be allowed to go anywhere but the hotel and to the ballpark. Uh, they had to pitch Frankie Montas early because I guess visa problems. I mean, Cody getting into Toronto right now is no day at the beach.
2: Well, remember when Marcus signed there? Well, we said we were worrying that he might never, might not ever play a game in Toronto with the way things were going. Yeah. And now he's he's playing in Toronto, and the Jays are the Jays are interesting because they're in fourth place in the AL East. But they're, they have the fourth best run differential in the American League at plus 117. That's crazy. It just shows you how good the AL East is. But they have a plus 117 run differential, and they're five games behind Boston for the final wild card spot, which means they're, if they're five behind Boston. That means they're three behind Oakland, I believe it is. Yeah, because we're two behind. Yeah, so three behind us. So – and they have all, and you know they got Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who has 39 home runs. Marcus is having a good year. Robbie Ray is a dark horse for the Cy Young, but that's it. I mean, if you look at their pitching, it's just it's just Robbie Ray. I mean, Alec Manoa, who's pitching tonight, Manoa and Manaya. That's a I mean that's a big thing. Everyone I kept seeing people talk about on Twitter is that matchup with those two names. But Ryu's kind of struggled, and you haven't really got a lot of your other guys. So the Jays, I can see why they've struggled. Because they have no pitching, but. Uh, their offense is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, your guy, Bo Bichette, he's he's going to be playing. I haven't really heard <laughs> a lot about. I haven't, uh, the name that I haven't really heard a lot about is Kevin Biggio. I don't know. I haven't really seen what he's really done this year, but his name has not been mentioned a lot this year for the Jays.
0: Well, I, I, I you mentioned Vladimir Guerrero Jr. On any given year, this is the type of guy that wins an MVP award but the problem is Shohei Ohtani is doing something so historic that we've never seen this before will cause Vladimir Guerrero Jr. probably not to win the MVP. But if you look at the stats and you look at the year that he has had, as you mentioned, in a division that's got really good teams. I mean, I mean, just think about it. I mean, what the raves have been this year, the Yankees, the, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays. I mean, playing in the AL East is not easy, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. truly has put up a a year that would warrant him to be an MVP. It's just, I I don't think he has any chance, right?
2: Well, I so I've been tracking this, um, and not I don't know if how many people who don't watch the Jays play uh, have been watching this. Vlad's not that far from potentially winning the Triple Crown. He's only 5 behind Michael Brantley in the batting average in the American League. He's 3 home runs behind Otani. He has 39. Otani has 42. And he has 96 RBIs, and I think uh, Jose Abreu is 102. So he's only 6 RBIs behind Jose Abreu. So he's right there tracking towards potentially winning the AL Triple Crown, which has been done since Miguel Cabrera won it back in 2012, where everyone thought he shouldn't have won the MVP over Mike Trout. But that's a different debate for a different day. But Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is having a great year. He has done over a 1,000 OPS, a 171 OPS plus. He's having an incredible year. But you're right, what Otani's been able to do for the Angels, he's probably going to win it. And another guy we talked about the other day, Sal Perez, is what he's doing as a catcher is remarkable too. But it's all being, you know, it's all being overshadowed because of how great Otani's been for the Angels.
0: Well, think about that. If he ends up passing Johnny Bench for the record for most home runs by a catcher in a season which was what 45? Yeah,
2: 45.
0: And you don't win the MVP? I mean, I mean, you're talking about historic seasons that are going on and Vladdy Jr hitting 312, 39 bombs and 96 RBIs. He's been an absolute monster this year. I mean, y- y- you like you feel bad for these guys knowing that the years that they're having should warrant no question should warrant an MVP. I mean, you think about it, you're going to break Johnny Bench's record and you don't win the MVP. That just shows you how special Shohei Otani has been this year and what a star he truly has become in the game to where, you know, I, I notice people who talk about him who aren't even baseball fans. He's he He's very good for the game. I think there's no question about that.
2: Oh, absolutely. And what he, and he's pitching tonight. He hasn't pitched since August 25th because he got hit in the hand or wherever he got hit, and that's been the you know the yeah, big hit knock. The hand, yeah, yeah, that's been the big knock on him. Is he doesn't pitch every five days, but he what he's doing for the Angels who aren't let's let's face it, they're not exciting to watch while Mike Trout's not playing. But Otani's been giving you a reason to watch them play. He's giving you a reason to watch them play. He's 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 doing remarkable things we're probably never going to see again, at least in my lifetime and your lifetime, unless another two-way player comes up. And to look at what Vladimir Guerrero is doing, he's going to blow past 40 home runs. He could potentially win the Triple Crown. I saw someone say, I think it was Anthony Castro, Vince from MLB.com, saying he thinks that Sal Perez could break the Royals' all-time record for home runs in a season, which is 48 a few years ago by Jorge Soler, the now Braves outfielder. 48 home runs by a catcher is what he thinks Sal Perez could do. And he won't win the MVP because of how good Otani's been. It's just—it's crazy—and you put in context how great Otani has been for the Angels and for the sport of baseball. It's—it's uh, it's truly remarkable. But
0: but you can make the argument he's not the MVP.
2: Oh, of course. Well, I mean, none of these. If you want to look at the MVP, I mean, the three of these guys are all playing on teams that are on the outside looking in. If you think about the three. Well, guys at mentioning.
0: least at least Toronto is seventy and sixty-two, and has a chance at the postseason. But, I mean, you look at the Angels, they're, what, they're under 500. I want to say they're like 12 and a half games back. They're not even, I mean, they're not even close to the wild card. So it it gets down to, it's like the, the Andre Dawson when he won the MVP for the Cubs and they were in last place. You're like, he's the best player. There's no question. But is he really the MVP? Is he the most valuable? And, and. We talk about him as a two-way player, but he is so inconsistent as a starter. You cannot rely on him as a starter. So once again, is he really the MVP?
2: Think about it this way. The Blue Jays could have the Cy Young and the MVP and the team could not make the playoffs. When was the last time that happened? The MVP and the Cy Young from the same team and the team didn't make the playoffs. Because what Robbie Ray's doing, he's ten and five with a two seven one ERA. He has two hundred and two strikeouts and only one hundred and fifty nine in the third innings. He broke the record set by you Darvish. He had twelve hundred and forty one Ks through a thousand career innings. Darvish had twelve hundred and twenty two. So Robbie Ray is the fastest through that many strikeouts through a thousand innings. So what he's done is great, but that's it. He could be the first Cy Young winner from Toronto since the late Roy Halladay in two thousand three, and they've had four guys win the Cy Young three in a row. It was uh Pat Hennigan, is that a, Pat Hennigan back in 96 yeah. and then Roger Clemens won it back-to-back years in 97, 98 and then Roy Halladay won it. People for
0: yeah, people forget Roger Clemens. I think both those years in Toronto he won the pitching triple crown where he had the most wins, the best ERA and the most strikeouts and then of course would leave to go to the New York Yankees, but I think a lot of people forget about Roger Clemens and what he did when Toronto was pretty incredible. David Forrest, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics, with us here on A's Cast Live. David, how are
3: you? I'm good, Chris. What's going on?
0: Well, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a sprint to the finish. What, it, what What is it like when, as a GM, you've done everything you can to help this team, and now all you can do is really sit back and watch?
3: <laughs> it's exhausting, frankly. Yeah, it, you would think you would think it would be uh, quiet and relaxing, but watching these games is—they're uh, marathons. So I don't imagine that's going to change in Toronto this weekend, and three games against the White Sox next week. So uh, yeah, it's—it it's, I'm sitting there with everybody else, just watching to see what happens.
0: But I think for you and your staff, you you do have to be proud because the improvements that you have made to the team, uh, starting with Chafin and what he's been able to do. Starling has been amazing. Jay Hay, Jan Gomes. You guys have to be proud. I mean, you did go out and, and you did what you needed to do.
3: Yeah, look, we, we felt good about those trades when we made them and um, and recognized the the boost that hopefully it was going to give this club. And, you know, like, like you said, we're sort of in the – in the sprint now. And and those guys are, are contributing every night. So it's, it's been important. I, I I think, uh, I think we have 28 games left for for 28 guys to kind of do their part. And yeah, we've, you know, we've got some work to do obviously, but, uh, but yeah, I like the position we're in.
0: Yeah. There's no question. You're in the hunt. And do you like the new rules that you can't bring up just a, a bazillion guys? Um, I never liked it. I thought it was weird that we'd play one way for five months and then completely change it for the last month. But from a front office standpoint, how do you like the new rules?
3: Yeah, that's that's the difference between you and me. I I do not like this rule at all. Uh, I particularly dislike it in a season where all of your pitchers are coming off, uh, you know, at best a 60 to 70 inning workload. Um, And I think, Making this change uh, after uh, an abbreviated 2020, I think, has a frankly a chance to leave a lot of guys, uh, you know, pitching pitching to the brink of injury or or just being just being gassed overall. So I I do wish we had a little more flexibility right now and were able to augment the pitching staff because, you know, I think we've seen the last couple times through the rotation. I think you know guys who've worked hard all year and. You know they're given given what they've got for the last month this season, but we're asking a lot of our guys.
0: Yeah, and you're able to have this taxi squad, and I know that Frankie now is going to be on the restrictive list. Sam Mole will, will will be here. Uh, I I I, you, I get you gotta like that. You at least have some guys on the road with you that if you need some help, they're there for you.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, the, the taxi squad is primarily a function of, of Toronto and not be, not being able to bring players in and out of Canada at a moment's notice the way we can pretty much anywhere else in, in this country. So uh, it sort of lined up with September 1st and the, the expanded roster. So, you know, that worked out well. But, you know, as soon as we get back from Canada this weekend, um, you know, those guys are, are still playing in AAA. I mean, they've got a full season, just like we do. They go through October third, and um, yeah, we're you know we're at twenty eight guys. So yeah, nice to have them there. I mean, they had to actually come into Detroit early to test in order to get into Canada and and comply with all the COVID protocols that the group is going through right now, just to just to be in the country. So. Um, yeah, it worked out nicely to have guys there when we expanded the roster, and then yeah, hit this unfortunate snag with with Frankie and having a the guy there. But um, but at the end of the day, you know, we've got we've got 28 guys, and uh, yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to move some guys in and out over the next month.
0: Yeah, I think about the job that Mickey Morabito does for this franchise, and you know, t- talking to Mick over the last homestand how tough this was going to be just you know getting your ball club into toronto and playing in toronto uh just talk about the job mickey does for you because it's truly amazing some of the stuff he pulls off
3: you're absolutely right and this was a particularly tough road trip to uh to plan for like i said because of the taxi and the testing and yeah we, we we ended up getting guys passport appointments last week when you never thought they'd get them and Uh, You know, dealing with dealing with the government and and all the issues and Mickey's got everybody lined up all the time. He gets guys in at a moment's notice when we need to, Uh, you know, to be honest, Chris, Chris was not on the original taxi squad that came into Detroit on Monday. You know, Mick figured it out, got him there for the game Wednesday and got all his paperwork ready for Toronto. So, um, yeah, he, he does a great job.
0: Yeah, the 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 uh, the uh, the amazing story that is Chris Davis. I mean, you signed him, you take a flyer, and then all of a sudden he's hitting a home run every single game. Uh, it, 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 just talk about what you've seen with Chris, and now he he comes up to the big leagues and gets two hits. It's just, it, it really is a great story.
3: It is, and it's, it's a, all the credit goes to Chris. I mean, he's the one who reached out to us you know basically through chap and said you know he wanted he wanted to just get back and play and then he'd been you know i think he said he was sitting on his couch for a little bit he reached out and said i just w- i just want to play in AAA, like no expectations you know this isn't about getting to the big leagues he just wanted to get back and play the game and and wanted somewhere to get those at bats and obviously we were more than happy to do it and and it certainly turned into You know more than just taking at bats in triple a i mean what he did over that two week stretch in vegas is pretty impressive and um and yeah i know bob is you know bob's hoping there's another boost that comes from him being there the same way we we got it from the guys who came in around august first and um you know he's going to have some opportunities against lefties and uh you know jed's done a great job in the dh spot but can also run out to the field and Hopefully there's a way to work him in, but uh, it was nice to see him getting a couple knocks yesterday.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously we've talked about Jed. What a remarkable story Jed has been this year. But you think about Chris Davis and and and, and where was it at what point where you just, you guys looked around and said, we got to call him up. He's so hot. <laughs> I mean, what, 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 well, when was that?
3: Yeah, we had a few nights uh, during the, our homestand last week where we, we were, my group was sitting in the box and someone would go, hey, you know, Chris had another homer tonight. And it felt like we did that three or four nights in a row. So I think that's when we kind of realized it was going to be an option. And then obviously, you know, Mitch going down in Detroit with, with the wrist that it, you know, the wrist had been bothering him for a little while and finally got to the point where he just he couldn't swing the bat anymore and put all those things together and you're like, hey, we've. We've actually got a DH sitting right there in Vegas. Who's what do you get? Ten homers and you know two and a half weeks. So seemed like a pretty good option.
0: And 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 you think about you know Triple A and people be like, oh, it's the minor leagues. I'm like, hey, Triple A. I mean, you can speak to this, David. These are still these are still some of the best pitchers on the planet. You know, they may not be For the sure. big leagues, but these guys are all legit really good pitchers and when you're hitting whatever his streak where he's in 377 and a home run every night I don't care where you play you put up those numbers it's legit
3: yeah you look you've got guys coming coming up make through systems prospects throwing hard you've got guys who've been in the big leagues and competed or are now down there for whatever reason Um, and, and you know the beauty of today's game is we have we have so much data and so much information. We're able to sort of parse through, you know, the matchups and and where where the balls are being hit. We have a lot of the same, a lot of the same stuff in AAA that we have here as far as breaking down batted balls and things like that. And you can you can tell what is real and what is not. So it's it's nice to have that that information at hand and and hear, you know, subjectively from the the, the coaches and the staff in in Vegas, and you, you get a pretty clear picture of what's going on.
0: Yeah, Cody and I were down at a San Jose Giant game against the Fresno Grizzlies, and it seemed like every pitcher they had in low A was coming out throwing 97, 98, if not 100 miles an hour. And you're like, hey, listen, I know this is the big leagues, but these guys are no joke. They throw hard. So, And I, I know what you guys uh, ha- have down there in Stockton. I got to think about Matt Chapman's return. How nice has it been for you guys to watch him start to look like himself again.
3: Yeah, you and I have talked about it kind of on and off all season, and you know when's Matt going to look like himself? And oh, he had a little stretch there in June where it looked like he was back, but kind of you know tailed off again. I just, I think we all sort of understand that's that's what uh, rehab and recovery looks like for a guy coming off surgery. But but certainly some of the balls he drove in Detroit, and you know he's taking walks. You and I talked after that. That five walk game and um, yeah, he just he he looks like himself again. I know Bob's slowly creeping him up the lineup, uh, and it's it's nice to have him behind Oli and in the middle there with Jed and Jan. And looks good. It looks good in the lineup card.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's you know I, I you think about the hip and you know Mark Hanna had it. Sean Mania way back when when he was in college coming into the draft. Just how how do you deal with that, knowing that a guy's going to have a surgery like that, and it's going to be a while before he really is fully recovered?
3: It's hard. It's hard to do. It's hard to be patient, and it's hard to sort of let your you know let your expectations uh, match what what is really there. Particularly with a player like Matt, who's a star, and, and you've seen seen such great things from in the past it's it's hard to to really sort of rationalize and think yeah we, we may have to wait a little bit cuz cuz you sort of think of these guys as being superhuman but um but it's part of the game and, and our our medical and training staff has done such a great job not only of keeping guys on the field but getting them back quickly and and it's such a big part of what they do is the, the rehab and the recovery so um it, like i said it's nice to <clears throat> nice to have Matt swinging the bat the way he is and, and we need it to last for another 30 days or so.
0: You know, speaking of recovery, I think we're just all thankful that 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 Chris Bassett is okay. I mean, obviously the getting get hit in the face w- w- was horrific and it was tough to watch and watching him come back after the surgery and just seeing it um it's it's very very scary. I I, I do have to ask you, do you think there's any chance we do see him again this year on the mound?
3: There's always a chance. Chris, Chris doesn't want to rule it out. So I, I we're still we're still a ways away from having any timeline or any guess or whatever. But Chris, Chris to his credit does not want to rule it out. I know when he met with the media last week, he said he was hopeful. He's doing you know whatever he can right now, which is not a whole lot because he's still, uh, you know what is he eight, nine days, ten days off of surgery. So, um. You know, I think when we get into the middle and the next week, maybe start some physical activity and, and maybe even throw the ball. But, I mean, Tuesday as of Tuesday, it'll be three weeks since he's played catch. It's a long time to go for a pitcher without throwing. So I think we're in a little bit of uncharted territory here. But, um, but man, does he, he want to get back and, and he wants to contribute. So we're not going to rule anything out.
0: You know, one of the toughest things about your job is that sometimes you got to protect these young men from themselves. And there, there's tough calls that need to be made. If you could just speak to that, where you, you got to tell a guy, hey, your long term health means a lot to us. And uh, not playing right now is the best option for you as a person.
3: Right. Well, I, you know, I mentioned just a bit ago about our medical and training staff and, and Nick. Nick Paparesta, who runs that operation, is is the best, in my opinion, at making those decisions and, and at educating the players and and frankly educating me on what guys are capable of. So I'm not, you know, we're certainly not making those decisions on our own or, or in any sort of vacuum. We've got great information, we've got great doctors, and and you're right, these guys, you know, they they feel like they're capable of a lot, and sometimes you know don't have the bigger picture in mind. I mean, we we have. We have players for a certain amount of time and want to keep them healthy and want to make sure that, that they're here and, and on the field for a while. So you do have to step back a little bit. But, um, again, I think Bob Bob said in one of the earlier Chris Bassett press conference, he said, I don't know anything holding Chris back. So it may take a whole team of athletic trainers to, to keep him off the field.
0: Well, and, and then something that we haven't talked about in a while, but it's still all around us. And we're now seeing it affect the NFL. It has affected, obviously, the Boston Red Sox recently is still dealing with COVID-19, still dealing with the the Delta variant. You know, we don't talk about it a lot, but, uh, you know, someone in your position, uh, you know, it's still about protecting the team, protecting everybody around the team, even like us, the media, who's around the team just uh, speak to that. It, it hasn't gone away, and you still have to deal with it on a daily basis.
3: It hasn't gone away, and it is it is a part of every conversation I have. So, um, yeah, I mean, we we are seeing it in the minor leagues. We're seeing it in the big leagues. We've seen you know the, the Red Sox, who were obviously in direct competition with, have had a lot of issues this week with a number of positive tests um you know we've we've had some Seth Brown is out right now you know luckily feeling a little better than he was last week but it's very real we just we just shut down the complex in Arizona because of a number of positive tests and Stockton had a few games canceled last week it is it is a part of everything we do and it's probably not an exaggeration to say that it it is going to have a real effect on on pennant races here over the last month of the season so um, you know, we, we, we've we been incredibly vigilant. Our guys are, have t- taken it seriously all year. Um, that said, you don't always have control over it. We've seen that in, in a lot of places that you mentioned, you know, the Delta variant's incredibly contagious. And, uh, and it is, like I said, a part of every conversation and every every planning and projection meeting that we have.
0: Well, we're coming down to the stretch, David. And try enjoy some, and Try enjoy some of these games.
3: I enjoyed the last out yesterday. Is that enough?
0: Ah, hey, hey, Frankie. <laughs> hey, Frankie, on toss for you right now, Frankie. We're, we're Frankie's got ace-like stuff these days.
3: He's been fantastic, man. Yeah, since basically the beginning of July, he has been as as good and as consistent as anybody out there. I, I don't know where we would be without him. And um and yeah, he was he was on yesterday. So his last few starts, he's been a lot of fun to watch. I will grant you that.
0: Well, we always appreciate the time. Be safe, and we'll talk to you next week.
3: All right. We'll see you next week at the stadium.
0: The great David Force, general manager of your Oakland Athletics, right here on A's Cast Live. Do you want to talk to a three-time World Series champion? That's who we have next. Joe Rudy right here on A's Cast Live.
2: Streaming from the East Bay, AceCast Live continues with Chris Townsend.
0: It is really hard to believe that there's not a lot of games left. I mean, when you really think about it, we're down to the nitty gritty. This is it. Football season is here. Before you know it, the NHL and the NBA are going to start. And the A season, because where they are, what is it, 28 games left? Yeah, 28. 28. Three in Toronto. Then you come back home. Three against the White Sox. Three against the Rangers. Back out on the road. Three in Kansas City. Three down in Anaheim. Then the last homestand of the year, four against the Seattle Mariners, who are right on your tail for the wild card. And then the team you're chasing for the division, the Houston Astros. And then you finish on the road, three in Seattle, three in Houston, and the season is over. Unreal. A season that we were so looking forward to after last year, right? last year only 60 games and the playoffs we wanted a full season we wanted normalcy we got like the best version i guess we could get and it comes down to the last 28 every win cody every game is a must win when you're trailing and you don't you don't control your own destiny that's like what, like with David Force. It's like he did what he needed to do. He got the team help. He got a reliever and he got offense. Both things this team needed. Now they gotta bring it home. Bottom line.
2: Well, hopefully they get it started right against Toronto tonight. Uh I broke down Shamanai's last ten starts. Not good. Not good at all. His area's over yeah. five and He's going up 14 home runs in those 10 starts. It's it's not been good. So he has to get on the right track. And then you got you got a couple, you got the White Sox, then you got Texas, you got to sweep Texas. I mean, then again, Texas has been your kryptonite this year. Yeah. You you can't I mean, you, you gotta do well against these bad teams. But it starts tonight against Toronto in Toronto. Marcus. Yeah. Vladdy. Lourdes Goriel Jr. I mean, they got a lot of boppers in that lineup. Bo with the flowing hair. Uh, who, uh, Randall Gritchik. I mean, they got so many guys in that lineup. It's unbelievable. But do they have the pitching besides Robbie Ray? We'll see with Alec Manoa pitching tonight.
0: Well, earlier today, we were able to catch up with a going to be an A's Hall of Famer. Truly one of the great players who has ever played for the Oakland Athletics. Three-time World Series champion, Joe Rudy. Joe, it is an honor to have you once again. Uh, just how has life been for you?
1: It's been great. We've been so blessed, and uh, just been uh, traveling around. Our kids are spread out all over the United States, so we travel a lot in the RV, and uh, just try to go see them as often as we can. So, uh, survive the COVID thing. It's still, of course, uh, affecting a lot of people, but we've been blessed. We uh, stayed away from that. We uh, tried to be real careful last year.
0: You know, when we talk about this Hall of Fame that we're, we're we're putting together here, obviously, I think about your career as a three-time World Series champion. I think about you as an All Star. I think you as a Gold Glove winner. Uh, one of the, truly one of the great outfielders of, of of your era. What did it mean to you when the A's gave you the call saying, "Yes, we have this Hall of Fame now, and you're going in it."
1: Uh, I was very, very surprised. Uh, what, what an honor. You know, we've had so many great players come through uh, Oakland over the years. And, uh, you know, we've had uh, a lot of great teams, a lot of great individuals. And uh, I'm just very, very honored, very, uh, very surprised uh, to go in that, that early. I was hoping at some point I might get there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that had some great careers.
0: Well, I yeah yes, but so did you. And when you think about your career and, and, and the guys that you played with, it truly is one of the great eras and one of the great times in baseball. When you look back and you think about the greatness of winning three World Series titles, I mean, obviously you would never envisioned it when you were in Kansas City, but in Oakland, what a special time.
1: It really was, Uh, you know, it's one of the reasons I signed with the Kansas City A's had a a great scout named Don Pries, who uh, started following me when I was a sophomore in high school down in Modesto, California, not far away. And uh, as I got on my senior year, you know, he started talking a lot about who was on the team at the time in Kansas City. And he said, hey, you know, you you got a really good chance of getting the big leagues in a hurry. He said, you know, we got a terrible team. Finley's trying to sign a lot of people to, to this time, you know, and I, Signed in the middle of 64, um, never really had a full year in 65, 66. Had to go into Marine Corps Reserves, which, uh, fortunately, guys today don't have to go. You know, I used to cost us 30, 40 games a year going to reserve meetings. But, uh, you know, I went from A-ball in Modesto in 66. I was a starting left fielder in 1967 in Kansas City, which was, you know, a little bit over my head at the time. <laughs> I, think I, I think I just turned 1920, somewhere in there. I can even 20, I guess it would be. But to go to A ball there, end up going back to Double uh, A and uh, Birmingham with Reggie and Fingers and Duncan and that whole group for Larusa. Uh, almost, you know, a good portion of the guys that we play together in Modesto. Right? I think there was 14 guys off the team of Modesto that went there, and that, you know, and that's a big difference. But today is, you know, we played together for a long time. You know, we all came and signed, you know, within a few years of each other. Yeah, yeah, we, you know, and they all came through A ball, Double up to the big leagues. You know, we. Uh, finley sort of just threw us all out there i think in 68 there there was times when our average on the field age was 22 of all the players um, that were starting he just threw us out there and you know we learned how to play we got our brains beat in in 68 69 a little bit 70 were better and then you know 71 things turn around we won our division but uh, the big blessing is we got to play together for so long and we really didn't have Especially with our pitching, any great uh, you know injuries where we lost guys for a whole season and stuff. And you look at the uh, the players. Of course, a big thing to me that really changed us is when we got Kenny Holtzman come in. You know, he won sixty games in those three years he was with us. I mean, I hope he gets in the Hall of Fame down the line here because no he was uh, su- such a huge difference for our pitching staff. When did
0: when, when did you know? When you looked around and you guys, as you said, have been together for years, when did you know, you know, we're legit, we're the best in baseball? When was that moment?
1: Well, I think, you know, as we got into, you know, 70, we started, I think we finally had a winning season and uh, started playing a little better. 71, you know, we played uh, Baltimore back when they had four 20 game winners and they beat us three straight in the playoffs. But, you know, you started looking at the guys who were hitting so well, Reggie and Sal, you know, so solid. You know, Campy was great. Dick Green was probably one of the best second baseman I've ever, ever seen defensively play the game. And uh, and we had great pitching, you know, Raleigh and the starters we had. I mean, you start looking around at the other teams and you go, know, hey, you know, all we need is a few more little cards here and there. And uh, we got a good shot at this thing. And, you know, anything can happen, you know, in baseball, any of the sports really with injuries and that kind of stuff. But we were very blessed that, that like you said, with especially our, our pitching and our bullpen was so solid that we didn't lose any of those big guys uh, during that run.
0: Yeah. And, and it's, it's really crazy to think that Charlie Finley was orchestrating all of this from Chicago to Oakland, like, like th- th- this will never happen again in anybody's lifetime. <laughs> you have an owner who's acting also as the GM and he's in the Midwest while his team's on the West coast. Right. We'll never see that again.
1: It was amazing. I, you got to give Charlie credit, you know, as much as he's berated by a lot of people and stuff. The man was brilliant. You look at the the, the people that we picked up during the 71 through 75 in the 76, whenever we needed, you know, we picked up a Don Mincher and, and Gonzalo Marquez and, and uh, the Lou brothers and on and on that came in and filled those roles when we needed it. Uh, it was amazing. And you look at the relief pitcher, you know, we had three or four relievers in the, uh, in the bullpen that all had been number one relievers on different teams.
0: Yeah. true. I mean, truly amazing. And do, can you tell us the story of what it was like when you got traded to the Red Sox, you went over, I believe you. you went over to their clubhouse. It was in Oakland and you guys took a picture, but of course it was denied. Obviously, by the commissioner. Just take us through that, what that was like.
1: It, it was really almost earth shattering to me, you know, because that was my 13th year with the organization. And uh, uh, we had had the day off on Monday and gone down to Sacramento to visit friends. We were gone all day back, you know, this is before cell phones. And so nobody could get a hold of us. And so we didn't know until we got back on Tuesday morning, you know, for that game, we had, to, uh, the Red Sox were actually in town on the 16th, 17th, 18th. And so we found out, you know, we got traded and uh, Vita got sold. And, uh, you know, so we go to the ballpark and literally, you know, packed all our gear up and walked across the hall to the visiting clubhouse. And they had to take my white shoes and paint them black. Oh, wow. And fortunately it was, uh, it was sort of unique because, uh, uh, uh Daryl Johnson was a manager who was a good friend of mine. I mean, I hunted ducks with him in the off season. He lived, he lived there out in the East Bay near me. And, uh, so I knew him and his wife real well, uh, came over and he said, Hey, I'm not going to play you guys. And I just gonna let the, you know, things settle down. You got a lot of press crap to talk. And fortunately, I swear it was just a strange feeling. I went out to run sprints just to loosen up. And it was like, a. I, would lost all my coordination. I felt like a three-legged horse trying to, to just to run wind sprints. I was so disoriented in this whole situation and it was a true blessing that he didn't play us that night because, uh, you know, it was, uh, I, I mentally was not ready for that. Uh, you know, looking back in a way I, I would have, you know been nice to stay with the, with Boston at that time. You know, we were only like two and a half months from the end of the season, and they just spent a million dollars for me, and I'm a free agent. That would have been a pretty good bargaining chip with uh, Boston for salary.
0: No cra- and then Bowie Kuhn, the, uh, the old commissioner, he voids the trade. So then what was that like? You got to take all your stuff and now go back to the A's clubhouse. It's, it's crazy to think about.
1: It really was. Uh, you know, my wife was excited to get, you know, to go to Boston. We both loved Boston. I loved hitting there. I was probably had my best career batting averages and everything else in Boston. Of course, a lot of hitters will say that, but, uh, we were excited to go. Uh, my wife had the whole house packed up there in Oakland, took trunks to the ballpark, uh, on uh, Wednesday and Thursday, getting ready for, to, to leave there. And, uh, and then, you know, I think the big thing that happened there was Charlie sort of sprouted off in the uh, newspapers that, you know, he had sold Raleigh and myself for a million dollars to those guys. We're still unsigned. He tricked Biden in the signing and, and sold him to the Yankees for a million and a half. and so The Yankees just said, hey, give him whatever he wants. And, uh, you know, the thing people don't realize is that, you know, we had turned in requests for salaries. And I think for most of the six or seven guys that were in that unit there, uh, a lot of us got more to sign with other teams than the whole group would have cost Charlie if he had just signed us at the beginning of the year. And uh, so it, it, was, it was very, uh, we didn't know what was going to happen. You know, at the beginning, Charlie, you know, he, uh, Kuhn negated the sale. And so the three of us were sort of hanging out. We don't know what to do. And finally, Charlie allowed us to come in and keep working out while he was suing Kuhn. And uh, I think after, I'm trying to think, it'll, about two weeks, I'm trying to remember how many days it was. It seemed like forever, but at least two weeks. Um, on a Sunday afternoon, we are playing um, Minnesota, I believe. And Jim Todd was our player rep. And he went in and told uh, t- uh, t- Chuck Tanner, our manager, said, hey, if, Joe Rudy isn't in the lineup today, we're not taking the field. We're gonna we're so call Finley and tell him, Hey, either put you know, reinstates Raleigh and I on the team or you know, we're gonna forfeit the game. And so that sort of pushed Charlie where he had no choice but to reinstate us. And so, you know, Tanner came in, posted the lineup and then my name was in the lineup, everybody gave out a yell and whoop, you know, we went down like five minutes before the game. To, to get ready to play uh, so it was a very bizarre time we really didn't know what was going to happen
0: yeah that i mean it, it, it is so unbelievable and you're talking about you know yourself and raleigh fingers raleigh fingers is one of the greatest pitchers slash relievers in the history of the game and he's not pitching i mean it's just crazy to think that it happened
1: well, you look back at that time and right? we, we lost the West to uh, Kansas City by a game and a half, two games, something like that. And, you know, we went, you know, two and a half weeks without playing the game. You know, you think if things would have just continued in a normal mode, we I truly believe we would have won the division again in, in 76. So, like you said, to lose Raleigh, especially coming out of the bullpen, I mean, that's you, you can't replace him.
0: If you guys would have stayed together like if you would have kept the core together, how many world series do you think you do win?
1: Again, you know, the injuries and everything, you never know, but I truly believe we could have kept going because, you know, if we hadn't lost catfish, that was, that was the real dagger is when we lost catfish was the heart and soul of that pitching staff. and, And, you know, he was such a super guy. Everybody loved him. And, uh, he, you know you just look back at the number of innings he pitched and and the, you know the great career i mean the great season he had in, in 74 was just unbelievable the number of innings he pitched and i think he won 25 games that year and so you know you back let's see 70 76 i think most of us were 28 29 years old we you know we hadn't even hit our 30s yet and was, so the whole main Pitching staff and all the main players and everything weren't 30. So I truly believe if we would have kept that team together. We would have we would have made some noise.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, you had an unbelievable career, and it's going to be an honor to be there when you get in to the Oakland A's Hall of Fame because it's well deserved, and I'm sure your family is going to be very very proud.
1: They they definitely will. You know, we got. I'm sure there's still a. A few fans that are going there, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of fans, but we had some loyal fans that uh, when I went back and coaching a little bit and gone down for different functions, you know, see the same people there that have been going there for 50 years. And it's always fun to uh, to come to the Coliseum with so many great memories and uh, so many great people that we met along the way. So we're really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, Joe, I still got people who call my postgame show, and, and they'll be like, I was there as a kid. There are still there's still a lot of people who remember the greatness that was your Oakland A's team in those three straight championships
1: it's it's amazing I, I, I get more fan mail asking for autographs and stuff now than I think I did when I played <laughs> it's uh it, it, it's still going strong people still you know remembering their kids and you know, on and on so it's uh you know hard to believe I'm turning 75 here in a few days so it's Time is going by, but, uh, you know, we were so blessed to be in that group of guys. And, uh, you know, fortunately, when we get together, it's like we never, never separated. So, you know, you still still hitting on everybody and uh, the jabs never quit.
0: Well, God bless you guys. You're truly one of the great teams and the history of our remarkable game. Thank you so much for coming on the program again. Congratulations going into the Hall of Fame, and we can't wait to have you back here on Ace Cast Live.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I enjoy the games. I still get on MLB TV and uh, watch the games, listen to you guys every night. So it's uh, a pleasure to listen. You guys do a great job. And uh, our prayers, of course, with Ray, and I uh, haven't heard too much anymore about him, but we keep our prayers going for him and uh, keep up – great job, and it's fun watching those young players they got today.
0: He is one of the nicest guys. I you think about the opportunity that we have had to celebrate the teams in the 70s, and all these guys are just, they're such good men, and you know, yes, our thoughts and prayers, obviously, with the great Ray Fossey, But I think, you know, he talked about Kenny Holtzman. I remember interviewing Kenny Holtzman years ago. I mean, such a good guy. And you think about Vida we've had on the show. You think Sal Bando we've had on the show. Uh, It's just to have those guys is such a treasure. I mean, because they really are one of the greatest teams who have ever lived in Major League Baseball. And just finally, it seems like they're getting their due where people are like, hey, listen, it's only the Yankees and the A's that have won three World Series in a row or more. It's only the A's and the Yankees. That's it. And that team in the 70s, if Charlie Finley kept them together, who knows? Four, five, six. All they did was win. Pitching and defense. And they just won. They beat everybody. You threw the big red machine at him. You threw the the you threw the Dodgers at him. You threw the Mets. Didn't matter. I mean, truly one of the great teams in the history of the game. And I gotta say, Cody, it's a lot of fun to talk to these guys.
2: I mean, some of the guys he mentioned in there we've had on too. Uh Dick Green's been on with us. Yeah. Uh, obviously, yeah. Obviously, Raleigh's been on with us. Uh, Billy Norris's been on with us. We've had a lot of those guys. When we, when we celebrated those teams, we had a lot of those guys on. Was- How about
0: that? Raleigh Fingers is not playing for two weeks. Like, think about that. Raleigh Fingers is one of the greatest pitchers in the history of Major League Baseball, and he's not playing. And there's a lawsuit going on.
2: I mean, the story is unbelievable. Well, I pulled it up. Raleigh in 1976. Uh, All-Star finished 8th in Cy Young, 19th in the MVP voting, 13 and 11 2.47 ERA, appeared in 70 games. He had 20 saves, uh, pitched in 134 and two-thirds innings, 113 strikeouts. Uh, that's, a, that's a nice little year he had. When Wait a minute.
0: He pitched 134 times and yet was out for two weeks?
2: 134 innings he pitched, and he's out for two weeks. Yeah, no, he pitched in 70 games, though.
0: 70 games, and he's out for two weeks?
2: Yeah, and he still won 13 games, which was a career high that year.
0: (laughs) I'm telling you, I I don't know who would listen to us, but we really, on this show, have broken down why Raleigh Fingers is the greatest reliever of all towns a uh, reliever of all time. No offense to Mariano Rivera, no offense to Trevor Hoffman. I mean, these are the two guys the awards are na- are named after. No offense to Dennis Eckersley. I'm just telling you, if you really break down the greatness of the volume that Raleigh Fingers brought day in and day out, I I I I think he's the best reliever of all time.
2: Yeah, I remember we looked at like the high leverage situations and all that stuff the one time. Then we do a and we did it with Sarah once too, where we had the whole debate back and forth. And I, I don't know. I can't. I can't look at act the same after the, the Billy Bean story about him jogging down Hagenberger and short shorts or whatever. I don't. I don't know. No I,
0: shirt on. No shirt no, on.
2: I don't. I don't know if I can look at act the same now after after hearing that story. But yeah, it's can true. You
0: imagine, can you just imagine what life would have been like? And you take whatever era of baseball, or really professional sports, if there was social media, I mean, what would what would New York have been like with Joe Namath and Mickey Mantle, Uh, If, if, if there was social media? We're talking about. Can you imagine if Dennis Eckersley, right now, was playing? He's running down the street on Hagenberger with no shirt on and short shorts. People are taking pictures, and they're posting it.
2: Oh, totally. I mean, they were talking about Gabe Kapler running. They showed up on the uh, MLB, MLB Central, the morning show with D-Row. They showed up yep. on you know, the MLB ballpark cam. They had they had Kapler running around at Oracle Park yesterday morning for the game against the Brewers, and a cutoff shirt, and he was all jacked, just running back running like sprints in the, in the outfield. Like, can you imagine if if people had pictures of Eck running around with his shirt off on Hagenberger?
0: (laughs) I can't remember the name of the restaurant bar, Toots Shores or something like that, but there was this famous bar where all the athletes would be. So you could actually walk into this bar in New York, and there could be Joe Namath, Yogi Berra, uh, Billy Martin, uh, Mickey Mantle. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, come on. I, I I had a conversation today with somebody going, "Hey, I remember in Sunnyville, there was a there was a place on Sunday night that God, what was a paradise something? Uh, we would go to, and the Niners would show up after game. So like Jerry Rice would be there. I mean, it was like they'd all we thought Charles Haley would be there. It was like Dollar Night. It was incredible." We didn't have cell phones though, so it's not like we. Hey, there's Jerry Rice. Pretty amazing.
2: Yeah. The world
0: has gotten a lot smaller.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we're done. Yeah, we're done. You got you got like six minutes till uh, A's total access starts.
0: I'm just heating up. I'm ready to rock.
2: Oh, well, you got a lot. To, you got an hour to talk about the A's and J's now. All
0: right. Hey, we're back tomorrow. Well, we're not back tomorrow. Tomorrow's Saturday.
2: Yeah, we're not back till uh, Tuesday on the field. Surprise, uh, quickly, Liam Hendricks texted me yesterday, said he was sorry about not coming on to Chicago, and said that he's coming off this next week. Didn't say when, but he said he'll be on. He'll let me know when we get closer to it.
0: I was afraid for you personally, because the (laughs) fact that your good friend Liam Hendricks went dark on you, that had to be, I was emotional.
2: As long as I get Tony, that's all I care about.
0: I know he wouldn't go dark on me, but he (laughs) went dark on you. Friend of the program. No athlete has been on A's cast live more than Liam Hendricks. Fact. So I, I'm just thankful he got back to you because I, I knew that was going to be a blow to your ego. Uh,
2: it's okay. As long as I get Tony, that's all I care about.
0: Oh, uh, what? now? We got to get Liam on. You kidding me?
2: We'll get him, but I got to get Tony now. That's I got to go through the, I'm going to go through the saw, the saw, the Southsiders to get, to get Tony. Good luck with that. Yeah. Well, they already told me that they'll try to make it work. So we'll see. I'm not going to hold my uh, breath. I, I don't know if I'd bet on that. Yeah. Well, Me either.
0: Tony's more an off-season, let's talk ARF, than he is (laughs) in-season, let's talk baseball. I'm just saying. Uh, All right. Because, I mean, every single time, because I've interviewed Tony a handful of times, every time I've interviewed Tony LaRussa, the great Hall of Famer, it's been in the off-season. I don't think I've ever gotten him
2: in-season. Well, we'll see. We'll see if I can pull it off, so. But he is your friend. Yeah, it's true. All right, four minutes till uh, we got to get you on the air.
0: All righty. See you. We'll talk to you on Tuesday, Cody. Take care and have a good time down
2: south. Thanks. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.